can be hard to find professionals who are willing to work in regional towns, doctors, nurses, electricians and lawyers. But for those who do take on the challenge, the rewards can be immense. Just a few short weeks ago, I was involved in the launch of a new legal group, the New South Wales Regional Women Lawyers. We're an energetic bunch looking to ensure that regional women lawyers have the same opportunities as their Sydney counterparts in training, mentoring and collegiality. So, given this new group, I thought it would be a good time to talk about lawyering in the regions with someone who has been studying that intersection between law, women and regional towns. I'm Catherine Henry from Catherine Henry Lawyers, and this is Law Matters. Trish Mundy is currently the Chief Integrity Officer at the University of Wollongong. Prior to her current position, she was the head of the School of Law at the University of Wollongong. I know, because I've known Trish for some time, that she also spent about 10 years working in community legal centres. She, like me, loves to see women succeed in law and she's passionate about lawyers succeeding in regional New South Wales. So Trish's project currently is one that looks at lawyers' transition to legal practice in rural, regional and remote communities in Australia. If you hear us launch into Triple R as an acronym, you'll know that we're talking about rural, regional and remote communities in this podcast. Recently, a new group was launched in New South Wales. It's called the New South Wales Regional Women Lawyers. And Trish was uh, at the launch and spoke. It was a very well attended and um, well patronised event, um, a lot of excitement and buzz. And I'm so grateful that Trish can be here today. Welcome, Trish. Thank you, Catherine. Fantastic to be here. So, Trish, it's been great to see the creation of this new group, New South Wales Regional Women Lawyers, and we're in fact having our inaugural event in regional New South Wales at the end of this week, the 24th of March, uh, in Orange, there in the Central West. Why do you think there's a need for a group like this? Yes, and congratulations to um, to you on and the regional women lawyers committee on you know getting this group up and running. It is it is exciting. Well, I think first and foremost, it feels really timely because what the you know statistics show is that actually there's quite a um, demographic change in uh, regional practice that's been happening in the last sort of decade or two, really, over, over time. Um, so in many ways, this is really timely in that it, it, it's kind of reflecting that demographic shift um, of, in, of many more women who are practicing in, in the regions and uh, particularly um, younger you know, female lawyers or, or I should say early career lawyers, so those that have been admitted or have a practicing certificate less than five years. And I think um, for, you know, for particularly for smaller communities, um, you know, I've certainly heard that, you know, it can feel a bit more professionally isolating for to be in some of these um, communities, certainly not a uniform experience. So I think just having the opportunity of networking um, and connecting with other people and other, other women lawyers professionally, I think is really important. Um, I think also women as a cohort in the profession can uh, face, you know, particular challenges. Um, and, and so I think um, having, having the opportunity to come together to share 
the lived experience and to um, to network, share strategies, uh, I think is is a really powerful thing. Impacts of care responsibilities, um, ways in which, you know, practice as a lawyer particularly impact them and sharing that uh, is really powerful. And so, yeah, for me, this group um, just brings regional women together and the possibilities of that for um, women coming together all over from all over New South Wales is really powerful. Yeah, and I guess uh, what we're seeing is the interrelationship of two s- distinct demographic and cultural changes. One, the fact that we now see and have greater numbers of women uh, graduating and, and and finishing their legal education and entering the, the legal workforce, not necessarily um, the legal workforce, but, you know, finishing a law degree. You can do a lot of things with a law degree. Uh, and also um, we now know that um, as a result of the last two or three years uh, that, you know, technology and is changing and the way we work is changing and people realise that you actually don't have to work in the capital cities uh, to do good work, to do interesting work and to have a stellar career. Do you, do you agree with those things? Mm. I, I think that is absolutely the case. And certainly when I started researching in this space, um, you know, around almost 15 years ago, I think around 2008, I um, started doing some some research uh, and academic work in this space. And it, I think that there is and was um, less so now, but there there was and continues to be a perception that working in the regions means um, that you are doing less less valuable work. That somehow it is professionally less than, which actually is completely um, completely wrong in in my view, because the reality is that actually working um, working in many of these areas requires many more skills um, than than actually working in the city, which is much more resource, much more supported by a whole range of other services um, than than you find in in many regions. So it actually requires of you uh, just a range of of skills and capabilities that actually um, you you. You might not find uh, that you that are called on in the same way elsewhere. So it certainly is uh, undersold. But you're right in that 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 divide that divide or that line between regional and non-regional practice. I think is blurring through the use of technologies, through you know the whole moving in and out of practice. And I think COVID has actually um, just made in many ways the experience um, much more uniform regardless of where you are, because so many more people now are using technology in their legal practice. So I think that that line has been blurred in many respects, which is which is a positive thing. Yeah, I'd agree. I, th- I think that uh, it does give us um, the, the, the COVID experience. We've, uh, you know, we, it's a bit cliched, but we all agree that the world has changed in our work practices and the way our usual jobs have been structured. Uh, I think that uh, more localised legal services are possible in our regional New South Wales, you know, once upon a time, uh, maybe 20, 30 years ago, maybe even more recently than that, we'd see, you know, lots of rural conveyancing, um, family law, uh, water licences, agricultural licences. But now I think, you know, that all of those barriers 
if we work at it, and and I'm hoping that that's what this new group is going to play a role in achieving, I feel that we can we can do whatever work we want to do in regional New South Wales, and and that's would be a, a key strategic objective in my mind of um, New South Wales Regional Women Lawyers. You've had some diverse experience. I think we might have um, clocked up the same amount of uh, years in legal practice. I just have a sense that that's the case. How, how do you think lawyering in regional and remote areas differs from city legal practice? I think, um, look, undoubtedly practising as a lawyer there, regardless of location, there are going to be, you know, things that um, – are the same across across spaces and places. But I think um, certainly from my own uh, years of practice in rural, regional and remote communities and from my research in talking to people about their lived experience, that I think there are some key differences or distinctiveness uh, about practice outside of the city and metropolitan areas. And I think the first thing that I think most people would probably be able to connect with is, it, well, it connects with the, the career in the comment you just made, Kath, Catherine, which is about the breadth of professional experience is often, um, is often, you know, much more. You're going to get much more opportunity or greater professional responsibility much earlier than you might otherwise, um, particularly if you're in a larger firm in the city where actually you might be doing one area or one activity um, for an extended period of time. So I certainly hear that the professional opportunities are wide uh, or wider, and that can be both a really positive thing in terms of advancing your career and getting the experience. It could also be a bit stressful as well, where people feel like perhaps they're, they're uh, being asked to work outside of their, their capabilities. But I think on the whole, uh, it would be seen that breadth of experience would be seen as a positive. The other thing that I think is distinctive is the way of working around the professional collegiality, the work-life balance. And of course, the really big ticket item is around the the fact that the lawyer is very much embedded in community in in a uh, I think a much um, a much more pronounced way than uh, than in in the city and that being embedded in community I think has many rewards uh, uh, in terms of people feeling like they are really connected to people, being able to really contribute to access to justice and, and you know, really um, um, working in really strong ways in, in their community. I think some of, the, some of the challenges certainly that I've heard um, over time around that that particularly connects with um, with with gender is um, that question of, you know, the lack, perhaps the challenges to privacy, the sense of greater vis visibility or lack of anonymity that can um, be an issue, particularly for smaller, smaller regional or rural communities. And, you know, the, the common story that's been told to me over time is, is about shopping in the supermarket and meeting a client over the, over the peas. You know, that, that's actually um, a story that I've, I've been told a number of times. And and while on the whole, I think um, the question of embeddedness is positive, my, my own research um, that I did um, a number of years ago for my uh, PhD studies showed that actually that question of 
greater visibility in uh, rural spaces or the the lack of anonymity at times can have a particular gendered um, element to it. So for um, for women lawyers, they can perhaps feel a bit more under the microscope where they perhaps felt that um, had a sense of perhaps a, a bit more of a feeling of being, you know, surveilled. And I don't say that in an alarming way, but just a sense of being visible. Whereas for, you know, male practitioners that I spoke to as part of my PhD research, they really tended to focus on the lack of anonymity or the visibility in community and embeddedness more as a kind of sign of professional affirmation. I think a couple of other things that I'd probably say that jumped to mind in terms of the differences would be uh, the conflicts of interest. Obviously, you know, you have um, smaller uh, populations in communities and so uh, conflicts of interest are something that perhaps, um, you know, arise more often or, you you know, you need to um, consider uh, much more. And I think also because of the place of the lawyer in the community, there's often a greater level of respect and expectation that perhaps might be uh, placed upon lawyers in community. And they're often called on to do, I think, uh, a lot more pro bono work through, you know, maybe doing a membership of boards or, you know, doing some legal work for the organisation down the road um, or perhaps taking on, you know, more um, legal aid that may mean that, you know, more hours are given to a client pro bono, for example. So in, in summary, I think there are a lot of similar experiences because being a lawyer anywhere requires, you know, some fundamental um, skills and ways of working. But I would say that there are those um, really key differences that um, I'm sure many, many triple R lawyers will res- will resonate with. I know they did for me. I, I personally can really relate to the comments that you just made about being embedded in the community in a much more uh, real way in uh, working in regional New South Wales. Uh, and I actually feel uh, that that for many of the women that I know, I tend to sort of um, hang out with um, women, other other women lawyers, uh, that that's a real positive for running a legal business, um, that, you know, just that uh, connectiveness and feeling a part of your community it does make you more visible. Yes, that's right. But I think that that's a good thing. And and some of the problems that you've, you know, the conflicts of interest, I sort of tend to think in the Central West, and we're going to Orange, the Central West is made up of a, a number of large towns, Dubbo, Parks, Orange, Bathurst, and, and some of those conflict situations, which may well be more heightened in regional areas, can be overcome to some extent by um, you know, just reaching out into those connecting towns. Do you agree with, do, would you agree with that? Mm, mm. I, and I think that's true. You do encounter them where, wherever you are. I think that your options for um, referral and finding another lawyer are just slightly impacted by by just the, the number of lawyers that might be in your area. So, yes, absolutely one strategy is that you would refer out to other towns that, that are close by. I mean, as a, as a kind of pattern um, over, the, over the years, I mean, I think the legal profession, um, from my recollection of looking at the data of law firms, is that 
what we had before was a much more dispersed legal practice locations, whereas now I think we're actually seeing um, law firms become more regionalised, so in large regional centres, and they're becoming bigger. That's positive in the sense that it's increasing sustainability because obviously, you know, if you're regionalising, you know, making firms, you know, just uh, slightly larger in larger regional towns with populations that can sustain them, then that's that's fantastic for sustainability. But it is also challenging for those smaller communities where you you don't necessarily have a lawyer or more than one lawyer, two lawyers in a town or one firm. And, and then yes, you, you may well have to, um, look outside of your community. And, and it absolutely is one strategy. And, uh, and, and again, I think COVID is one of those times where they've really um, been able to think creatively and use technology. Creatively and collaboratively, I think that we're um, old hands in uh, both of those um, attributes. Um, can, can we just go back to and talk a little bit about your PhD, Trish? Uh, you started research 13 years ago on the lived experiences of women lawyers in triple R areas of Australia. What changes have you seen that you've written about in your research? The PhD kind of started, um, at, at that time I was um, uh, a solicitor at the Northern Rivers Community Legal Centre in Lismore. And what they were, um, were certainly noticing was the um, issue that was being faced by rural and regional and remote community legal centres um, and communities generally around attracting and retaining lawyers. And so they, they really, um, kickstarted this, this project for me. And when I left practice and went into academia, into the university world, I thought, this is actually a really important issue and nobody's really looking at it. And it's something that, I really want to give some academic focus too. And so I was um, really, really thrilled to be able to continue that work that I did in community legal centres. And so I really want to kind of, you know, uh, applaud uh, community legal centres and, and the Northern Rivers Community Legal Centre in particular for this. But my PhD actually focused on um, the lived experience of women lawyers in uh in regional Queensland communities, actually. And Queensland was um, an in- is an interesting jurisdiction because it was, and I suspect still is, probably the most regionalised and dispersed of all legal professions, you know, in Australia, much more so, I think, than, um, than New South Wales. What we, what we saw at that time was, um, you know, uh, roughly a 60-40 split of male to female um, regional practitioners. That was nationally. Um, so the first time that, that data was collected on a national level was 2012. That picture was back in 2009 quite different in, in Queensland, and I believe it was, you know, something like, um, you know, 35, um, 35, 65%. And so really rural practice and regional practice was dominated by older, the older male practitioner, mostly sole practitioners. And, and so certainly the, the women that I interviewed for my PhD sort of talked about um, what we, what they called the old boys network, the idea that there was a network of male practitioners that really kind of dominated the, the landscape of rural practice and that associated with, um, I guess, that old boys network and the experience of rural practice 
at that time was this idea of um, triple R practice as kind of outdated or conservative, a bit of old school in terms of its ways of practicing. Uh, and yes, connected to that was the, this idea of the old boys club. There was a sense that, you know, um, remuneration was, um, was, and still, and to some extent still is, um, much, uh, lower in terms of the economic reward that you get from rural practice. Back then, there certainly was this, uh, this perception of rural practitioner older male connected through the old boys club and that it was conservative and old school. The research that I'm doing at the moment is bringing full circle my PhD study where a couple of years ago really having seen the latest data and really registering the latest data and saying my goodness there has been such a significant and really really meaningful shift in the demographics of uh, regional and rural practice. So we're now seeing actually more women than men practicing in uh, regional practice and you know a huge jump in uh, female early career lawyers like quite quite significant jump. So I was fascinated to say, hey, why is this happening? What does this mean for, for um, regional practice and rural practice? And what impact might that have on intersections of gender and rurality and, and, and all of that? So that's the project I'm working on at the moment. Um, but I think uh, things, you know, things have changed um, uh, definitely. Uh, and, and I'm really, you know, keen and excited to keep talking with some of the early career lawyers that are, are going out to, um, regional areas to really get a sense of their motivation and lived experience and, and doing that, that closing the loop, uh, on, on the work that I did all those years ago. Well, you really are leading the charge and people might like to, uh, read, um, and I certainly would recommend it, um, your uh, book called Place of Practice. Uh, what's the byline? Yes, The Place of Practice, Lawyering in Rural and Regional Australia. I'm Catherine Henry of Catherine Henry Lawyers, and you're listening to Law Matters. And today I'm talking to Trish Mundy, the Chief Integrity Officer at the University of Wollongong and formerly Head of the School of Law. It's not all good in the sense that uh, just as in other professional areas, you know, we need to acknowledge that there are some problems that still need to be addressed. And I guess one of the major ones is uh, to attract and retain lawyers in regional areas. The Law Council launched a strategy for that, uh, to overcome that, I think about five years ago. We see the same challenges in medicine. Uh, one of the ways of overcoming that, I guess, is to have regional universities and hope that people develop social relationships when they're living in regional areas and and then realise what benefits there are in living in uh, away from the capital cities. What's your take on the... Uh, attrition and retention strategy and uh, and what can we do more of? Before before I answer that, I also feel like I really want to give um, give a mention to Joanne Vanderplatt, who was the uh, outgoing president of the um, Law Society of New South Wales as well, who was a regional practitioner and did some fantastic work um, in promoting uh, and advancing regional practice. So I just want to <laughs> point 
point uh, point to Joanne and, and thank her for all that she did during her during her recent term. But in terms of attraction and retention of lawyers in in regional areas, um, yes, it is an um, it is you know an issue uh, that continues. And I guess the thing to say first of all is that it's not experienced uniformly. Um, in all areas of New South Wales or indeed Australia. So we actually find that really there's probably less of an attraction uh, and retention issue along the coastal, you know, uh, east coast and coastal areas. So, you know, that's, that's where, you know, we get a lot of lawyers and, you know, doctors and what have you that are, that are happy to go. Um, but we, we do seem to have a problem in, in maybe smaller and inland communities. We need to think about particular strategies that, um, that target particular communities and particular need and think a bit more creatively about that. So there's likely not a one size fits all and that, that it's experienced differently in different communities. And I think that that's really important. Um, and there have been a range of, uh, strategies, I think, over, over over the years, certainly when I was doing my early research and my PhD, I found some, you know, some interesting um, strategies. I, I mean, there was a lot of discussion at one point about, you know, whether to give hex rebates to people that, you know, um, go out into into regional practice. Uh, you know, I, I did a small piece of research on whether that would be an effective strategy, and. Uh, I think on balance, I landed at coming down on the side of no, it wouldn't, because most people said, yeah, I would, but I'd go for two years and then I'd, then I'd go. So I think, I think really the targeting, um, of people to rural and regional practice, I think is more about people who want to practice in a particular way. And also people who are from those communities. I think we are best investing in, in the return of people to their communities. Although that's, that's a complex question that we could actually spend more time talking about as well. My, my research tended to show that either people, um, from a community were really keen to go back there and practice because they, you know, they really want to get back to their community. And then there was another cohort that for them, they couldn't get far enough away from it. <laughs> and I guess that was, you know, that's a complex picture in itself. Um, as you pointed to Catherine, I think professional bodies, law council, law societies, they've really built, um, some terrific promotional strategies around, um, showing people what rural and regional practice is all about and showcasing the people and the work that, that gets done there in really exciting ways. Um, I think even universities have done some great work. So um, um, part of where my book came from was a collaboration from a whole bunch of people from um, universities. We got together in about 2012 to 2013 to develop a national curriculum model where we actually um, look to develop a curriculum that you build into um, the law degree and and specialist elective subjects focused on regional practice as a way of 
um, you know, sh- sharing with with people, uh, um, you know, the opportunities and challenges of of rural practice, but to help them feel more prepared to um, actually get the message that rural and regional practice is is an exciting and viable, um, you know, viable career path. So certainly, the universities have. Uh, and are playing a role in that space. And yeah, the, just the, the many innovative and creative ways that firms are actually recruiting and training their local talent. I, I think everyone's got their, got their part to play. Yeah, there's, um, uh, there's a lot happening. I'm really interested in, uh, the fact that, uh, it's part of the curriculum in, uh, our regional universities, Charles Sturt, UNE, um, Wollongong. We need to agitate for it to be introduced as a subject in Newcastle. And we owe you so much, Trish, for shining a light on this area. And uh, I'm really uh, grateful that you've um, been able to take the time to to talk to me today about regional lawyering. Thanks so much. And uh, we'll talk again soon, no doubt. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Catherine. It's been so great talking to Trish Mundy today about regional lawyering. So much of what we talked about reminds me of why my team and I love working in regional New South Wales. If you have a law matter you'd like to discuss, please do get in touch with us at Catherine Henry Lawyers. This podcast was produced by Liz Clarkson of Pod and Pen Productions and Sarah Shands of Point Five Productions. Sound engineering by Sawtooth Studios. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a review. You can subscribe to Law Matters with Catherine Henry Lawyers wherever you get your podcasts.